shorts like for hobbits. You can take a seat. You can take a seat. We're good. We're good. Thanks, team. We'll get you up, you know, relatively in the end. Are you wearing a purple shirt? Wakash. Kash is wearing a purple shirt, everyone. Wow. There's not many males that can pull off purple like that. But you do, Wakash. You do. Um, I don't know why I encourage Wakash strangely from every time I preach, but I feel like it's necessary. So I do. Um, it's really good to be here in Wellington. I love coming to Wellington. I love coffee. Um, where is Ben? Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Yeah, good. I have to wave to Ben and say hi and ask where he is. He's my husband. Um, because it's what happens when we go into really any city or go into a city. Ben seems to know everyone. It's really strange. No matter where we are or where we go, we'll be walking around and then Ben will be like, oh, hi. Or he'll come back to the, like a hotel and he'll be like, oh, I met so-and-so when I was, and I'm like, well, how do you know so many people? But um, often I've seen Ben for maybe like a total of half an hour today. It was good times. Um, so good to see you, babe. Yeah, over there. Um, has anyone ever had the thought in their life this is not quite going to plan, right? That thought usually comes before your most embarrassing moment, right? This, oh, this is not quite going the way I planned it. I will share with you tonight, because we are family, one of my rather embarrassing moments from a very long time ago, but I've grown from them and dealt with it and processed stuff. So it was my year, oh man, I can't even remember how old I was. But it was back in the day when church, Equipus Church, used to run a church ball, like a prom kind of thing. Yeah, wow, wow, right? It was like, a, you know, now you guys are just thinking it's weird, but it used to be really cool. Actually, I don't know if it was ever cool. But um, they, we used to run this church ball thing, and it was themed, and everyone would dress up. And um, good times, exciting times. Uh, I decided I would go as a princess because why not? Um, and so this is what I decided I would do, and I had a beautiful dress on, but I also decided that um, I wanted to be as cool as my older brother, Jesse Elliott, who is a dancer. So I made a plan. <laughs> Can you already see where this is going? I made a plan. So I talked to my friend Marvin, and I said, Marvin, let's make a plan. What we are going to do is we are going to secretly rehearse a dance routine. <laughs> We're going to secretly rehearse a dance routine. And when the moment is right at the church ball, we're going to go right in the middle of the dance floor, and I am going to impress everyone. You thought the dancing on this stage was embarrassing tonight? Oh, my gosh. So I dressed up in my princess costume, and I went to this ball. I must have been like, oh, I don't know, 17? And, uh, you know, it's a strange thing about... Uh, church dancers, people always seem to dance in a large circle. <laughs> and I don't know why, but there's always a, and it's not even a cool like dance battle thing. It's just a large circle where everyone's doing the church two-step. 
It's, it's, it's so weird. Anyway, this is what was going on. And we were waiting for the perfect song. And I was on one side of the circle in my princess dress. And Marvin was on the other side of the circle. And I can't even remember the song that came on, but it was a good one. And then we gave each other the eye. So we make our way into the circle, and everyone's like, oh, and I'm about to just show up my brother, who's an incredible dancer. He's one of New Zealand's best, and the thing is, the dress <laughs> that I was wearing, it had a long train, and usually, for those of you who are male, if your dress has a long train, usually there's just a loop at the end of it. So uh, you can, when you're walking, your dress doesn't drag on the ground. You can just loop it into your finger. So I looped it into my finger. Uh, Benjamin, run on stage, quickly. Hurry up, run on stage. Okay. It would just be inappropriate if I did this with anyone else, okay? So I looped the dress into my finger. and I, So the dress was here, the back of it was here. And then I danced onto the dance floor. Dance, babe, dance. Okay, stop, stop. Okay, so, <laughs> so we just, shh, don't encourage, don't encourage, okay? So, one of the, the, the dance moves was like a whole series of, like, the dance routine was a whole series of dance moves, and then, come here, Ben. And it ended with this twitchy thing. It went like this. Not on your flag. So it ended like this. So stay there, stay there. So that's how it would end. Okay, I know it's not cool at all. So here's what happened. I'll put, put the microphone down. So my wrist was looped into my finger. Looped into my finger. And just before I knew I had to put my hand there, I slipped the loop off because that's a clever thing to do. But as I slipped it off, moments, my brother was like, never speak to me again. Don't sit near me. Don't talk to me. Who are you? And, <laughs> and it, it was so funny, not at the time, it is now, when I can tell it like this after Jesus has healed me. But at the time, I stood there, and I quickly whipped my hand away, and there was only one thing that I, I just, just one thing I thought would be the best thing to do, run, just run, <laughs> just get out of there as quick and as fast as I can, just run, so I made a beeline for the bathrooms, and I'm pretty sure I stayed there for about 45 minutes until I know, oh, poor baby, <laughs> so stupid, and um, 
And eventually I came out and, you know, people were like, oh, you're right, Esther. You're all good. You know, thank God there wasn't like, you know, Snapchat and Facebook and social media back then. Thank the Lord for that. I would have been destroyed. And just the thought happened, man, this isn't quite going to plan. And when things don't quite go to plan, we, uh, we actually have a very small amount of reactions. Uh, but most of the time, our reaction is usually our default. And I don't know about you, but my default most of the time is to run. Uh, my default most of the time is to cut connection off um, incredibly quickly and just hide. My default is I am immediately ashamed. My default is I just want to hide in a hole and I don't want anyone to see me. That is my default. And it's probably, for some of you, it's probably some of your default as well. Uh, your, it might look different. It might for you look like anger and frustration, but actually what it is is extreme fear. It might look like a, a lot of other things, but when things don't quite go to plan. And tonight, it's very simple, uh, the word that I want to bring tonight, but it really is just based around what happens with us when things don't quite go to plan, because God has a plan, and the plan is really good, but what we try and do most of the time is look really cool, and we make our own little plan with our friend Marvin, or we do, what, we do whatever we can to make our plan really good, and then when things don't quite fit, it gets a little bit uncomfortable. If we go to our Bibles, not a particular scripture, but even for the Israelites, things weren't quite going to plan a lot of the time. They were in a place for many, many years called Egypt, where a nation of people were enslaved by powers that were dominating them. And then God shows up one day with a dude called Moses and says, we are getting out of here. We are breaking out of the slavery. We are walking into freedom. And the Israelites were like, nah, no, really? And it took them a while before they actually believed and they, be, they began the process of what it was to leave. Do you know, the is for, for God and his supernatural power, for the Israelites to actually leave Egypt, it only took one day. After many, many miracles and signs and wonders that were terrible for the Egyptians, it took one day for a whole nation of people to walk out of slavery. But it took 40 years for Egypt to leave the hearts of the Israelites. It took 40 years in what the Bible calls a wilderness. And I think so many times, this is when we are walking out of our slavery, we might find ourselves in a wilderness, in a dry place, in a hard place, in a difficult place. And we're like, God, this is not going to plan. I thought marriage was going to be a fairy tale. No, just me? It wasn't, I, was, I never thought that. I was quite aware of my, how hard it might be. 
I thought this was going to be happily ever after. I thought my university life would be this, this or that. I thought coming and being a part of church would mean I would never get hurt by other people. (laughs) But we find ourselves in this wilderness where things aren't quite going to plan. And if you're like me, what you try and do is make the wilderness more comfortable. If I could just get myself a nice couch and a good book, then this wilderness, I could just close my eyes and sit through. But the wilderness was never the promise. The wilderness was never the plan. The wilderness, come on, hear me tonight. The wilderness was never the plan. Because the wilderness and the promise of abundance that God gives us, they don't necessarily go together. Let me think about it. They don't go together. But sometimes we walk through the wilderness, but actually at some point we've got to leave it and then enter abundance. But we cannot go into abundance with wilderness still in us. It just doesn't work. Here's a sentence that's challenging me to the core at the moment. There's a limit on the power that God will release to us if our goal is to make the wilderness more livable. There's a limit on it. In Exodus chapter 3 God promises it. He says, I've seen the oppression of my people. I've heard their cries of distress. I am aware of all of their suffering. So I have come to rescue them. I have come to lead them out of Egypt into a spacious land, into a land flowing with milk and honey. That was the promise. Did anyone hear wilderness in that? Did you hear wilderness in that? Nope. I've come to lead them out of Egypt and into abundance. That was the promise. If we come into a wilderness or something, we got some work to do. We got some work to do. If we are walking into a wilderness, we've got some work to do because God is saying you can't be both pitiful and powerful. You've got to choose one. You must choose one. Come on, let's be honest. When I'd embarrass myself in front of everyone, I had a pity party for 45 minutes in the toilet. <laughs> wow, thanks, man. Feel you, bro. <laughs> I did, but I can't live in the toilet. You can't live hiding in the toilet. At some point, I had to walk out. But the great thing was, when I walk out of that place, there was so much more that was awaiting me. A whole life was ahead of me. I know I'm being ridiculous about the story and this metaphor, but I hope it's painting a really good picture. The wilderness, my friends, was never promised to Israel, but because sometimes of how long we have been in our current situation, how long we have stayed in our hurt, how long we have grown up in our brokenness, 
sometimes it takes a wilderness to get it out of us. And so can I challenge you tonight with something that's probably not so comfortable to hear? If you are in a wilderness, good. Good. Because it is in the wilderness that the mentality of slavery and the mentality of being a victim and the mentality of all of that negativity had to be dealt with. Unfortunately, it just took the Israelites 40 years. I don't know about you, ain't nobody got time. Nobody got time for 40 years learning one lesson. So, there's just two things that I want to speak to you tonight. Number one, mana. And I will talk about it if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Mana, <laughs> not particularly you. M-A, double N-A, manna, the food that God literally rained from heaven, manna was not a part of the plan. Manna was not a part of the plan. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. The Israelites decided the best thing to do in their wilderness was to complain. Not you, you guys would never do that. What? Oh my gosh, Moses, Egypt was so much better because even though we were slaves, at least we got fed. I know for some of you, you guys are like, whoa, you're talking about food now. <laughs> even though we were slaves, at least we got fed. This is what the Bible says. Uh, let me go to it, eh? In Exodus chapter 16. The people were complaining, and in verse 4 of chapter 16, the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven. Isn't that good? Isn't that great? And what he rained down was a flaky substance called manna. Do you know manna was like a wafer-like substance that when you ate it, it had a taste of a hint of honey. Isn't that interesting? It's interesting because of this. The promise was a land flowing with milk and honey, but in their wilderness, Jesus gave them a wafer-like substance after the complaining to just give them a taste of what the promise looks like. Come on, even in the wilderness, God's gonna take care of you. Even in the wilderness, God will give you something that won't necessarily satisfy you, but it'll give you a taste of what it is to come. It'll give you a taste of abundance. It'll give you a taste of freedom, a taste of God providing for you. Man, you know, for me and Ben, we are learning to, you know, be married. And one of the things that we have begun to do is a habit of, get this, praying together. What? Like writing a list down and just before we go to bed, hold hands and legit pray. Revolutionary. Ben and I used to have a crappy car. 
that <laughs> was tiny. I called it the wild berry tic-tac. <laughs> that never served us at all because we seem to have a collection of large Islander friends. But that doesn't seem to stop Ben from piling in as many people as he can into our Wildberry Tic Tac. Why? Because we got to get places and we're taking people with us. I'm like, the car cannot handle it. So he drives to church one day with a car full of Islanders, relatively large ones. And they go over a little bump and then crack. So for the next wee while, Ben and I's life was, before we start the car, got to open the car, fill the radiator with water. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so, I'm at church, right? Like, you know, leading worship, and then see you later, guys, go open my car. <laughs> the abundance of God, open, pop the bonnet. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> But do you know what I didn't do for a long time? Pray for a car. Why? Because I was so satisfied with my mana. Because I'm like, this must be what life is. I'm just going to have to do the hard yards. What is that? The wilderness is not the promise. So revolutionary idea, we start to pray. We prayed, like, it was just what, like a week after we started doing that. Ben goes out to lunch with people in our world. And the long story short, they give us a check enough to buy a car. And I'm like, ooh, this honey tastes good. I like this honey. And I began to think in my spirit and in my heart, if this is a taste of financial freedom, God, I want more. God, I want more. I want to be, now it's awesome. We have a car that I can legit, when we go away, we can give our keys to someone and say, hey, do you need a car for a week? Before it was like, no, you just don't touch the car. It's got about six more drives left in it. We've got to save it for church. <laughs> But I want to encourage you that mana was not part of the plan. But the little blessings that God has given you in your wilderness, it's meant to give you a taste to set a fire in your belly for more. It is meant to give you a hint of the promise. When you wake up and there is milk in the milk bottle, yes, I can have my cereal. Come on, I know, I know I'm being simple. But when there's food in the fridge, thank you, God. Man, when, when you can invite people over to a, a small amount of the abundance in your life, thank you, God. Rather than, oh man, I'm just gonna have to live life small this week. Okay, number one. Of the two things, mana was never God's original plan. In, verse, uh, in chapter 17 uh, is, the, is the story of when Moses, uh, uh, st he struck the rock and water poured from the rock. Why? Same thing. Um, people are in the wilderness. They start complaining. Oh, slavery was so much better. We're so thirsty. And, uh, and so God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, strike the rock and water will come from it. 
do you know water from the rock was also never God's original plan? It was the emergency miracle for Israelites' disobedience. (laughs) I love that God will rescue us all the time. I love that because he is a good and loving and caring God that takes care of his children. But don't mistake what's going on. Don't mistake what's happening because God will always take care of you. But that's not the plan. Water from the rock was not the plan. Deuteronomy 8, 7 says, The Lord your God to the Israelites is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. In Deuteronomy 11, you will cross over to a land and possess valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. That's the promise, raining down water to satisfy you. Not water from a rock to get you out of a jam that actually you got yourself into. But God will do it every time. Uh, Musician people, come on up. (laughs) Uh, I... I I genuinely struggled with uh, bringing this word tonight, uh, mainly because I wanted to bring a cooler one. (laughs) You know, because I'm like, oh man, I want to be friends with these people. Uh, But then I realized it's it's all right. I also realized it's a a better better plan to just listen to God when he speaks to you. Because what happened was later on in the story for the Israelites, the same thing happened. The Israelites complained about being thirsty and God said to Moses, strike the rock. Moses struck it twice. And God said, what did you do that for? And he said, because of that, you will not enter the promised land. Just a wee bit harsh, Jesus. But it was simply because Moses, I suppose, decided for himself, one's just not enough. Take things into my own hands and strike it twice. But God didn't say that. God said once. You strike the rock. Anyway, this uh, scripture that I will read to you has been one that has been stirring in my spirit for most of the year, and it is in Isaiah 40, and it's a, verse three says, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the waste land for our God. If these lyrics sound familiar, it's our song, Thunder. Listen, there's a voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains, straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. The glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Tonight, I know there are people here walking in their own form 
or circumstance of a wilderness. Isaiah 40 says, speak to it. Speak to it. If you have a wasteland, great. It's a great space where you can just clear the path for God to come in. If the path or the the the, the pathway you have taken instead of being straight has gone on many tangents tonight you can just cause it to smooth out and one of the ways that we do that we've already done tonight it is by praise and by worship by words coming out of our mouth that declare it is a brand new day. Even though I've made mistakes, it's a brand new day. That's how you clear a path in the wilderness. Even though you might have made many mistakes, or even though things may not have worked out according to how you have planned, if we are to stand and just say, here in your presence, God, this is where I belong. And I will take this moment to allow you to come in. You watch how God will straighten your path. There are great way to smooth out the curves and to fill in the valleys and to level your mountains. It's just to come to church every Sunday. Another great way is to go to e-groups during the week. It's a bit awkward hiding in an e-group. You can't really do it because there's four of you. <laughs> or two. <laughs> I love. Have you ever been in an e-group with just one? Yeah. That's been me a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you, man. I'm having e-group on my own tonight. Hey, if you do, that's a good e-group. It's a fantastic e-group. You shouldn't cancel e-group because no one turns up. Just, just do it. Just do it. Just you. Why? Because that saying to the wasteland, you don't dictate me. Oh, no. That saying to the wilderness, no. I will have my e-group whether people come or not. <laughs> okay. Why don't you stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Uh, tonight, I want to I, I do want to pray with some people, but more than that, I, I would like to facilitate a space where you look for lack of a better word, repent. Because I know that in some spaces I need to. Because God has had to come and get me out of some jams in life. And I've considered it His grace when really it was the emergency miracle for my own disobedience. And as God has highlighted these things to me, I've had to come before Him and say, God, I repent. Man, this was not the plan. The 
plan was a land flowing with milk and honey. The plan was abundance. The plan was strength. The plan was confidence. The plan was rain from heaven. That was the plan. The plan was not to survive and struggle. The plan was even if there is struggle, I'll be smiling anyway. That's the plan. Abundance in Jesus' name. Why don't you close your eyes? Man, if that's you tonight, and you know that there has been a wilderness going on, and you would like to respond in this moment and say, God, I wanna humble myself before you and acknowledge that this is a wilderness, but I put my hand up that you might walk me into my promised land. So if that's you tonight and you know there's been a struggle and you've been trying to figure things out in the wilderness, can I speak to your heart and say, that's not the plan. The plan isn't to live in the wilderness. The plan is to walk out. And you're saying, God, I wanna walk out tonight and I wanna walk out with you. So if that's you, just lift your hand with me tonight as a response to God because the plan was not to live forever in struggle. The plan is to live in abundance. So if that's you, just lift your hands. Awesome, there's hands lifted everywhere. Thank you, God. Come on, if you've lifted your hands, why don't you just pray? Why don't you pray and you humble yourself before God and say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God, for trying to do it on my own. But I thank you, God, you've got more. So now, God, I wanna walk out with you. Father, for every hand raised and every heart lifted, we declare we wanna walk out with you tonight. We wanna walk out of the wilderness. We thank you for the wilderness, but we speak into it and we say, have life in Jesus' name. We speak to every mountain in our life and we level it, every valley of sorrow and grief. Let it be filled with your love and with your grace for every decision that has caused us to curve around the wrong way. Father, I thank you that you are causing a straight path even now. Man, for those of you who have responded tonight, I pray in Jesus' name that from tonight there would be divine strategy for you of what it is to speak into your wilderness, to speak into the wasteland. And for some of you, it's not actually speaking. For some of you, enough speaking, time for action. It is time to pick up the phone and say, I'm sorry. It is time to work it out. It is time to begin tithing in Jesus' name. It is time to give generously. It is time to open up your home. It is time to forgive and to let go. It is time to go forward in Jesus' name. Oh man, I, I, mean, I fully believe it for a, a lot of us tonight. 
that actually speaking into the wilderness looks like speaking with your actions. It looks like doing something about it. And it could be anything, literally, as in picking up the phone and, and saying to someone, I'm sorry, or it could be you just need to pray and fast. Or you need to read a book. But I encourage you, the, you will walk out of the wilderness as you walk out. <laughs> it's, it's very deep. It's very deep. But in Jesus' name, walk out of your wilderness this week. If you don't feel any different now, that's fine. Walk out of your wilderness this week. Totally fine. But I hope right now you're encouraged. Yes, wilderness. I'm going to get rid of you. I'm going to get rid of you this week in Jesus' name. One of the things I forgot to do was formally introduce myself if you don't know me. Hi, I'm Esther. Tomorrow I turn 30. I'm really happy about it. I'm genuinely happy about it. I'm happy about it because when I was 14, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I didn't understand fully what I was doing then, but I knew that as a teenager, I desperately desired just hope. And I made a decision to ask Jesus to come into my life. And at that moment, hope came in. My hard, crazy life didn't change instantly. But I love that I'm turning 30 because tomorrow I don't have work. Yes. But tomorrow I'm going to spend a day thanking God for the last 16 years that He has walked me out of wilderness. Thanking God that this afternoon while Ben and I were in the hotel, he looked at me and said, you're stuck with me. And then laughed like that was a funny joke. I'm gonna thank God because even in the hardest of my spaces of brokenness and pain, He has been there to walk me through every wilderness. And I don't know about you, sometimes I return there two or three times a day. But God is faithful two or three times a day to walk me straight out. This is a life with Jesus. It is certainly not perfect, but man, it is good. Last night after Revolution Tour, uh, it was a large miracle for me, but that was the first time in the 12 years that I've gone on every single tour that my older brother came into tour with me. And the last, this whole year has been amazing because I just got to team up with my brother to save the world. And for a while there, I didn't know if it could happen. And after the tour, we sat in the hallway just behind there and for about 30 minutes, we just talked about, man, what could God do next? Uh, my family has been changed forever because of Jesus. And I tell you all of these things tonight because I wanna give everyone here an opportunity to know Jesus. But it's not about knowing a 
religious observances, that is not Christianity or that's not life with God. Life with God is quite literally life with God. It means every bit of pain has a, an outpouring of grace. It means that nothing is too hard, too painful, or too far gone. Jesus, he's a great cleaner upper. I don't know what the word is for it. Janitor. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Close your eyes just one more time. So if tonight you do not know Jesus, you don't know what it is to have him living in your life, walking with you and working out the victories and the failures and everything in between, working out life with you. You don't know what it is to run to Him every moment of the day, say, I need help. And know that He will always answer. If you don't know Jesus tonight, if you've never asked Him to come into your heart, or maybe you have, but you have walked away from Him, and tonight you would like to recommit your life to Him. If that's you tonight, I'd love to pray with you. And all I want you to do while every head is bowed and eye closed, I'd really like to pray for you and to lead you in a prayer. So if that's you, why don't you just lift your hand and I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. There's a couple of hands down the front and one to my left. There's five, now six. I see your hand in the middle. Awesome. Is there anyone else tonight? He promises to never leave and to be faithful through all. And above all and in all, He promises to love. He does love. Awesome, I see that hand at the back to my right. Great. Is there anyone else? I'd love to pray. If you have just lifted your hand one more time for me while every head is bowed and eye closed, you just raise your hands one more time, super high, so we can, so I can just see. Oh, awesome. There's a few new ones. Good on you for taking up the opportunity. It's great. Thank you, Lord. While your hands are raised, why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Thank you, Lord, for bringing me here tonight. I open up my heart and I ask you to come in. Thank you for dying on the cross, for all of my pain, for all of my shame, for all of my sin. And thank you for raising again to life so I can have life. Tonight, I take your hand and I ask you to lead me out of this wilderness. And I choose to hold on to you today, and every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Come on, can you thank God? Can we really thank Him? Can we thank Him because He's good? Thank you, Lord. You are awesome. Thank you, Lord, that even when things don't go to plan for us, your plan includes our mistakes. And because of that, your plan is good and perfect. And I pray, Lord, that this week we would know what it is to walk in your plan and in your purpose for us. In Jesus' name, amen.